Teddy Bridgewater and Patrick Mahomes prepare to face off on Sunday Night Football. We put the quarterback position under the spotlight on today's episode of the show. Plus, we take a look at the Broncos inside linebacking unit against the Chiefs running backs and tight ends. And then we flip it. We take a look at the Broncos running backs and tight ends against the Chiefs linebackers. Storylines, details, and more. You get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back here to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by co-host Sarah Bedinger. Both of us cover the Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Sarah, my friend, great to see you as always. We have a crossover episode coming up here in the next day with Chris Clark of the Lockdown Chiefs podcast to preview the matchup we already have Chiefs fans in our YouTube comment section talking mostly respectful there's a couple of disrespectful ones we had to remove but everyone else has been super respectful and obviously if you're a Chiefs fan you're watching this good luck to your team this upcoming weekend and uh look let's hope it's a good game but Sarah how you doing my man doing great Cody hey you know anytime an opposing team's fan base jumps into the comments before the game like days before the game even begins and they're talking trash and they're being rude you know that just means they're scared I mean and, and I like you know it. that because <laughs> We we used to do that at one point or another. Cody and yeah. I, you know, we were both growing out of that phase. But man, you know that's exactly what's happening. They're scared of the Denver Broncos. And and if you're a Chiefs fan listening and you've been respectful, hey, we we appreciate that and we appreciate you joining into the conversation. But man, the ones that are being disrespectful, we know those people in particular are scared. We'll find out in a few days, Cody, if they should be. Yeah, no, the Broncos have to prove, uh, I think, everybody right. They have to prove themselves right, more importantly. Let's start off today's episode of the show. Obviously, we have a lot in store for you here today. We're kind of putting this matchup under the spotlight throughout the week. It's primetime action, so we get to look at everything from a multitude of angles. And obviously, you're going to hear from the Chiefs experts on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, as they join us for a crossover here. But kind of putting the quarterback position here under the spotlight between the two teams. The Broncos obviously have Teddy Bridgewater. And then the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And I think every 31 other teams out there, I mean, you could maybe make the argument. I definitely think there's some franchise guys out there, but are there 31 other teams out there that would take Patrick Mahomes? I'd also say probably yes. That would probably be the case. Uh, a prolific talent, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, you don't like, people don't like it. Broncos fans don't like him because look, he is very good and he does have this arrogance to him, but that's like, what you do when you're winning and you've defeated a team 11 straight times and the Broncos have never won against Patrick Mahomes. So obviously I get where that's the frustration that creeps in, but looking at Mahomes in this matchup here, Sarah, here's the thing I think that the Broncos week in and week out, and this is from a coach's perspective. How do you game plan against a guy like Mahomes who has the big massive arm that he does, who has the athleticism that he does that really thrives off throwing the deep ball, you know, understands great ball placement on vertical crossing routes. I mean, he is, the jack of all trades. I mean, he can hurt you with a multitude of ways. And I tell you what, it, it's hard to stop. He's like a cheat code. And so that's where we've really seen kind of the NFL try to figure out how do you stop Patrick Mahomes? And I don't think you can. You can only hope to limit his opportunities and contain him a little bit. But outside of that, even in the Super Bowl where we saw the Buccaneers take it to them, 
he was making plays where he was inches off the ground, sideways, throwing sidearm passes that are traveling 40 yards downfield and still almost being caught for touchdowns. So, I mean, look, a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. He is tough. And when you're great, people hate you. And that's exactly how it was for Chiefs fans with John Elway. And, you know, when he was running everything in the AFCUS and then obviously Peyton Manning for a four year stretch there. So, uh, you know, your thoughts on Mahomes, and I know he's had an up-and-down season, but, man, I tell you what, you, you can never overlook the guy. Absolutely, Cody, and I'm one of those people that can't stand Mahomes. You know, I I just – I'm in that <laughs> camp, you know, and I, I can't stand him. You're right, number one, because he's very, very good, and it's annoying. I mean, the last chance the Broncos really had to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, like a really, really good chance of beating them, he made that left-handed throw when Von Miller was bearing down and pressure and – it just that kind of stuff just ticks you off, you know. And that's when it began. Much, yeah, that's, that's when it began right there. That was it. I mean, and and he really has just taken off from there. I think you know the one thing about him is something that you mentioned, Cody. He's very confident in himself. And over the last two years, you know, not many other quarterbacks have have had more turnover worthy plays. I guess is what they're what they're calling them. The analytics folks are calling them turnover worthy throws or plays in general. And, and Pat Mahomes, you know, frankly, he can he can do that kind of stuff because he's proven that in the past that he can make those turnover worthy plays into touchdowns. And, and this year he's got bit a little bit more than he usually does in terms of interceptions and things like that. So I, I think there's maybe uh, not necessarily a, a little bit of weakness in the armor there, but there's certainly something the Broncos can attack or take advantage of over the course of a game. You know, where Pat Mahomes is so great, Cody, to me, is when he's making plays outside of the structure of the play. You know, he yeah. does so much of that that just it's demoralizing for your defense over the course of a game. He gets outside of the pocket. You have your best pass rush dialed up and your linebacker gets a pressure on him and gets even a hand or two hands on him on a play. And he escapes the pressure and somehow, some way, 100% of the time, he's going to find a wide open Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill on that particular play. I don't know how those guys are always running wide open, but they always are. So you've got to figure out a way for Patrick Mahomes to make him make his first read and get rid of the ball as quickly as possible and try to do the same things without having, you know, no structure on the plate. So try to get him to throw it at a weird arm angle, try to get him to force a ball into a tight window or make him throw the ball too, too hard and too far with pressure bearing down immediately. This is kind of how the Broncos and, and other teams used to have to attack Tom Brady. Remember the whole thing about Tom Brady back in the day was if you don't if you don't pressure Brady up the middle, you're not going to beat him. If you if you try to get him off the edge, he's just going to step up and hit you with underneath routes the whole game. Pat Mahomes is kind of a similar type of beast, not necessarily just in terms of getting pressure up the middle, but your pressure has to get there immediately and force him to think, well, I'm either going to get sacked or I'm going to make this throw with my incredible talent and see what happens from there. There's not much else you can do. Yeah, well, I mean, with his arm strength, and he likes to fit those balls into tight windows and double coverage, triple coverage. But even I'd say even the one thing that's impressive about him, even just his accuracy, his touch that he has. Remember last year there was that play. It was the Sunday night football game. Ironically enough, there was a play where Mahomes throws it all the way downfield. Tyreek Hill catches it like it's outstretched. And for some reason, they didn't challenge it. It would have been a touchdown. I remember that play. And look, the Broncos mm -hmm. got lucky on that one. But 
Denver played really well, I felt, last year in that Sunday night football matchup initially. So there's storylines there. Now, real quick to touch on Teddy Bridgewater. Broncos fans, look, we know who Teddy Bridgewater is, and I think that we are all probably on the same standing that he's probably not the franchise quarterback. He's not going to be the guy of the future here for this organization. But in this game in particular, what does he have to do against Patrick Mahomes and even this Kansas City Chiefs defense? Well, really, we know that his specialty is the short to medium throws. You know, he can go those those medium downfield throws. We saw him take advantage against the Dallas Cowboys. It depends on what coverage that the Chiefs come out. I mean, they they like to be very aggressive under Steve Spagnuolo. They play a lot of cover two, a lot of cover four, but they also, when they go really blitz heavy, they play a lot of man coverage. So from the nickel, you're going to see all these different things coming out. I think that for Teddy, the short, quick passing game is going to be have to have to be an approach here, but he can't hold on to the ball as long as he has in some matchups. Now, the Broncos offensive line, I think, has done a really good job this year of giving him time. Like, yes, he's taking shots, but a lot of those shots have been a product of him holding on to the ball a little too long. You can't make that mistake here against Kansas City Chiefs, so we'll leave it at that. And Broncos country really kind of focusing on this matchup, a little bit more in-depth. One of the key positions, I think, for both sides of the ball here for the Broncos on O and D, and also not to mention against the Chiefs, O and D, is going to be linebackers, running backs, tight ends. We talk about that all coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag, the sponsor of today's episode of the show. And BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues. It's March towards the playoffs, and BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season so head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus today from basketball football NHL boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season at betonline.ag betonline is the fastest the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports betonline where the game starts and as we continue on in the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, just a reminder, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. And if you want to watch us, you want to watch this podcast every single day, just make sure you go on YouTube, search Lockdown Broncos, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the day's worth of coverage of the Broncos. I mean, everything that we do. Sarah, myself, we have the cover with the latest news, injury updates, crossover episodes, post-game recap everything that you want all season long regarding the team that you were for on Sundays. Sarah Benger, myself, we break it down for you here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. But Sarah, really kind of talking about matchups and specific position focuses here this week. Sunday Night Football, the Broncos obviously traveling to Arrowhead Stadium. I know it's not called Arrowhead Stadium anymore. It's got like G-E-H something at Arrowhead Stadium. It just... I don't like these old sponsor names and these new renovations. I, I like to keep it simple. But uh, outside of that, the Broncos inside linebacking unit we've talked about so far this week, and we're going to talk about our crossover with Chris Clark and Lockdown Chiefs a little bit later on this week here on the podcast. It's going to be critical. These two guys, this is the position I felt like last season in these matchups against the Chiefs, the linebackers made a couple of plays here. Now it's going to be even bigger considering the fact that, look, the Chiefs have been rolling their winners of four straight games after having their little bit of up and down slope being bottom of the AFC West at one point. Mm-hmm. Now it's going to be a big difference maker. And a lot of it's going to be between Baron Browning and Kenny Young, who Sarah, you and I have talked about. They've been very fantastic so far for the Broncos when both those guys are healthy and on the field at the same time. Definitely, Cody. And, and I think George Payton emphasized this when he was first hired and he's emphasized it since then. Team speed is a big deal to him. And this really is, to me, just looking at these guys on paper, 
to me, this is probably the healthiest the Broncos have been against the Kansas City Chiefs since Pat Mahomes became the starter. I mean, if that's fair to say, I, I didn't necessarily research that to look and see. But also, I feel like at the linebacker position, there hasn't been this much speed since that Super Bowl winning season at the linebacker spot, Cody. And frankly, yep. I don't know that uh, I don't know that Danny Trevathan and Brandon Marshall were faster than Baron Browning and and, and Kenny Young at the linebacker nope. position. So. This is going to be a very, very interesting matchup from that perspective because those two guys bring speed to the table, and that does impact things for the quarterback. You know, it impacts things because the Kansas City Chiefs love to get their running backs and tight ends involved in the passing game. We know that, but the Denver Broncos have to find a way to take advantage somehow with having that uh, that advantage of speed, you know, and that's a, that's a big-time thing in their favor, especially with those two guys getting a lot of experience together over the last month. Well, I know we're going to talk about a little bit later on this week, the wider receivers that the Chiefs have, the Broncos secondary. We're, I mean, we're going to go back and forth on all these positional matchups, but today we're going to focus on inside linebackers versus running backs, tight ends, right? And you mentioned the speed dynamic there. Well, factoring in the two-headed kind of, I think, running back monster that the Chiefs do have outside of worrying about Patrick Mahomes, you do have to worry about Darrell Williams. You have to worry about Clyde edwards Lair, who is versatile in the sense of what he can do as a receiver out of the backfield, as a rusher in between the tackles. I mean, he can make very explosive plays just like that. Darrell Williams is very athletic as well, can do the same thing out of the backfield so you really have to worry and you have to account for those guys whereas I think the Broncos against the Chargers last week you knew Eckler could hurt you out of the backfield as a you know receiver but also as a rusher they didn't necessarily have another second guy in the Chargers lineup that they used that could do that I know Kelly was there at the running back position but they didn't use him in the way that Austin Eckler's used these guys can both be used in that way Clyde Edwards Elaire Darrell Williams so for Baron Brown and Kenny Young it's going to be critical for that but here's how the Chiefs offense really works too right they're going to run a lot of power scheme they're also going to run a lot of motion if we notice one thing in the Broncos this is one thing I've loved about the offense lately they're running a lot of motion with Jerry Judy this is mainly to see what type of coverage you're in but the Chiefs I think out of anybody will motion probably more than anybody not to mention jet motion but also they'll line up in a formation they'll audible and everybody will shift and move they do that so much and that's just a product of Andy Reid how smart he is as a play caller and having a quarterback who's as smart as Patrick Mahomes is and as athletic and can operate the offense that way they do more window dressing than anybody. So for Baron Brown and Kenny Young, I imagine the coaching points this week are don't be fooled. You know, let's just line up. You know, if they come out in this, here's where our base alignment is going to be. If they come out in a tight, condensed formation, here's where you adjust your splits based on the end man of the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's so many different variables. But you do have to count for these guys as potential screenplays, also guys out of the backfield, swing routes, out routes, out and ups, or even split out and empty. They like to do that a lot. So you're going to have some one-on-one situations more than likely on the outside as well from the linebacker spot here against those running backs when they get motioned. And I think one thing too, Cody, that has me a little bit not not concerned or worried, but a little bit on edge is the fact that you would love ideally to keep a quarterback or a linebacker to spy this quarterback, in particular Patrick Mahomes. You know, he, he's so good at creating like I said when the play is out of structure that you would love to ideally have one of those linebackers just kind of watching him and making sure that he's not able to go ahead and do that so easily so it's gonna you're right those guys are gonna have to first of all not get fooled by all the window dressing but second of all they're gonna have to be just on point in their matchups because Kansas City and Andy Reid they'll exploit that over the course of a game he's so good Andy Reid is at calling plays throughout a game and and 
frankly, he's embarrassed the Denver Broncos throughout these last five or six years with some of the the plays that he's calling. I, I'm pretty sure, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Dontari Poe have a touchdown catch in these last six years in this in this 11-game oh. winning streak the Chiefs are on? I mean, Andy I'll never Reed forget not- that, too. That was Christmas yeah. Eve, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. That was a Christmas yeah. Eve game. It was just embarrassing. Yeah. Trevor Simeon, too. That's when the Broncos finished the year 9-7. and seven. It- Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's how far back this 11-game winning streak goes for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so it, there's nothing Andy Reid won't call. There's no, there's no yeah. nothing that's off the table, so the linebackers have to be ready for anything. And I'll be, I'll be very, very interested to see what Vic Fangio does to kind of neutralize that because you got a great test this past week against Austin Eckler. Man, does Justin Herbert complete anything except for those arrow routes to the running back or whatever? <laughs> I mean, does he? How, how many other passes does he complete? throughout the course of a game but Austin Eckler has made a living off that the Broncos need to be expecting that the Kansas City Chiefs can do that as well and they can do it just as well even though Edward Tuller is a very different type of back from Austin Eckler when even looking at it too I think the bigger matchup here that we're going to be focusing on is really Travis Kelsey right he has been a thorn on the side of the Denver Broncos for the last several years and you know I think that there's some animosity by this Broncos defense towards Kelsey just because right there was some there's some jawing back and forth and, and not to mention Travis Kelsey last year which a lot of Chiefs fans tried to come after me I just I, I had called Travis Kelsey a punk last year on Twitter you should have seen I was getting death threats I was getting all this stuff and I, I wow. my frustration was mainly just because I was like in the post-game interview he called the Denver Broncos, the the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, you like it was kind of like this backhanded <laughs> yeah. cheap shot. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, it is what yeah. it is. But here's the deal. I, Travis Kelsey is a fantastic tight end, one of the best in the league. Now, he hasn't had a year that he had last year. I mean, last year was unbelievable. His amount of productivity uh, in terms of the tight end position, just the level of efficiency. This year, he's kind of struggled with some drops, which is surprising because last year, I think he only had one drop, depending on how many targets he had. I think he had the most targets out of a tight end in the NFL last year. He had more targets as a receiving tight end than anybody else in the NFL last season. So you can't discount that. But for him, where he's really thrived against the Broncos, I'm really eager to see whether Vic Fangio how often he sprinkles in man coverage versus zone coverage because against zone, you know what Travis Kelsey does really well? He understands where to find space. If you're playing a middle hook zone, he understands how to get behind the linebackers. He knows how to sit in front of them and just find literally two to three yards of grass, catch it, and then he does the rest yards after the catch. That's where he's really hurt the Broncos in the last couple of seasons. And then obviously he has a couple times where he runs a double move. He'll get up vertically, but mainly he just kills you by like paper, like death by a thousand paper cuts because you're playing zone, or sometimes you're mixing up man, and he's going to get yards after the catch. He finds the soft spot like I alluded to. And it's not like he's absolutely just beating you and torching you by just gaining separation and never looking back. He beats you by just being that methodical route runner, understanding space, understanding how to attack coverages, whether it's zone or man. And it helps when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes because you have to worry about so much. So Patrick Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey is probably the biggest thing I'm actually worried about in this matchup, Sarah. And I think that the Broncos linebackers, Baron Brown and Kenny Young, they're going to have a lot to do with maybe trying to neutralize that. And maybe the Broncos can find the formula here, as we saw, having good linebackers, athletic ones in the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It helped with the same exact thing. So maybe the Broncos can replicate that. But Broncos country, Coming up here in just a moment, Sarah and myself, we're going to talk about the Broncos running backs. 
and tight ends against the Kansas City Chiefs inside linebackers, maybe what they could do to exploit some matchups. Coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. There's our good friends over there at Bill Bar Legion. When you know Bill Bar, Sarah and I, we talk about it, we rave about it all the time. We have a user on Twitter, C. Keith, who says, hey, you've gotten me hooked on Bill Bars and Legion. When we love to hear that. If you love Bill Bar, let us know what your favorite Bill Bar flavor is. But you can get your hands on a box of Bill Bar today, especially as we get into the holiday season, and you can get the best of both worlds of having something that's healthy and delicious for you as well with Bill Bar. And they have so many flavors, cherry, double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie. They have cookies and cream. What flavor are you going to get for you and your family? And Bill Bar, they give you that extra fuel. I know for myself, when I need a little bit of fuel, if I haven't eaten breakfast in the morning and I need to go work out, I take a bite of Bill Bar. I consume that. Gives me a little bit of fuel to get through my workout. And not to mention, like I said, it is also healthy and it's also delicious for you as well. And obviously, as Christmas is coming up, if you're friends with Santa, you might as well ask Santa, throw in a few Bilt Bars into those stockings with so many flavors. They make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you want to cozy up to something warm, well, hey, here's a holiday secret. Courtesy of friends over there at Bilt Bar. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa and let it melt a little and give your beverage a little bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand for that. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, well, guess what? Try the Built Puffs. They got the marshmallowy flavor and a wide variety of different flavors there. Not to mention they're all covered in chocolate. They taste good, and you won't believe that they're filled with protein. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order today. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos here with Sarah Bedger, myself, Cody Rourke of Lockdown Broncos. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in here once again. Like I said, make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your commute to work, on your way home from work, during your lunch office hours. You can get us on podcasting form. You can get us on video form. We are here for you to bring you all the Broncos news content and coverage that you need all year long. But Sarah, my friend, talk about the Broncos running back in tight end positions here against this Kansas City Chiefs linebacking unit is going to be interesting. Right, because we factor in the Broncos. Javante Williams has been fantastic. Melvin Gordon looked fantastic. Both those guys were fantastic against the Chargers. Noah Fan, Albert Okwebunam at the tight end position, and Eric Saber being another one of those guys you could sprinkle in. Whether you go thirteen personnel, they're going to have an interesting matchup against guys like Nick Bolton, Anthony Hitchens, Tyron Matthew, maybe even Juan Thornhill from time to time. Daniel Sorensen obviously draws some coverage matchups against tight ends. Now in this kind of matchup scenario here what do you think that the Broncos need to do from the running back position in order to maybe attack this Kansas City Chiefs defense which has gotten better in the last four games on the defensive side of the ball in particular it really has and to me Cody I feel like the Broncos need to continue doing what they've been doing well for the last three weeks which is grinding it out in that running game you know I think the stat is officially if the Broncos get over 20 carries in a game and correct me if I'm wrong on that but I thought I remember reading that or seeing that if they get over 20 carries in the game they've been winning games and and that's a winning formula for them this season if you distribute the ball to both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both throughout the game that leads to what that leads to ball control that leads to winning the time of possession battle that leads to being able to grind out really long drives and whether they end with three points or seven points the Broncos have proven that when they can run the ball effectively look at all the way back to the early portion of the season Cody when we were talking about Melvin Gordon having that huge run in New York and and that set up a, a scoring drive and that helps you 
over the course of a game. You change, you're changing field position completely with that type of a big play. And, and they've just done such a good job of that throughout the season. The Broncos have a lot of explosive running plays throughout the year. They have their running backs have a lot of explosive plays in general. And both guys can beat you in the passing game. We're seeing Javante Williams get more and more involved there in recent weeks, which I absolutely love to see. Yes. Because if he's if he can get through the scrums, Cody, the way that he's been getting through scrums of players, four and five guys unable to tackle this guy what can't he do in the open field so i'm personally fully on board with more and more of javante williams getting the ball as a receiver as well as you know pushing the pile as a runner we know that he's good between the tackles we know that he's good outside the tackles but let's get this guy out into space a little bit more i'd love to challenge those chiefs linebackers you know nick bolton he was a really uh, beloved player i would say in broncos country leading up to the draft and, and he's you know he's been pretty solid for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And they do have some solid players on that defensive front who have stepped up in recent weeks. But, man, you've got to think that there's a chance, since they've shown it in the past, there's a chance that they could revert to the defense that we saw earlier in the season. And you've got to approach it like that. You've got to approach it if you're Javante Williams. I'm not going down on first contact. And we know he does that already. <laughs> Melvin Gordon has been very underrated in that regard as well. I mean, he has... Yep done such a good job of turning plays that could be zero to one yard plays into positive four, five, six or more yard gains. So the Broncos have to continue doing what they do well, force these running backs into a position where they're both getting probably 12 or more carries in this game. I'd say if you're doing that, you're probably setting yourself up for a lot of success. When you have to keep in mind, too, as well, I think that the Broncos can capitalize against how aggressive Kansas City can be from time to time, especially out of the nickel and dime. I mean, how many times have we seen Tyron Matthew start on the back end, roll up, blitz from the nickel? I mean, he's super effective. He's one of their best edge run defenders, and he's the heart and soul, in my opinion, sir, of that defense. So mm-hmm. not only do you have to worry about Nick Bolton, Anthony Hitchens, when I feel like you compare both linebackers, I feel like maybe you want to try to take advantage of Anthony Hitchens a little bit more. I feel like he's probably the bigger liability at the backer position than a guy like Nick Bolton, who's been fantastic so far for them this season. He hasn't even been their best rookie. I mean, Creed Humphrey has been a really good Mm -hmm. player for them at the center position. And obviously, we'll talk a little bit about that as we talk about some of our matchups a little bit later on this week here, Locked On Broncos. But for the Broncos here, especially, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, we we talk about the concepts of RPOs, right? And and it goes back, I think Tim Jenkins did a great job breaking down Drew Locke's interception, but it was based off of an RPO. And when you're trying to read that, you're really reading the edge guy on the line of scrimmage, right? So if it's gun right from the offensive perspective, Perspective. If I'm Teddy Bridgewater, I'm getting the snap here. I'm looking to the outside. If I see a blitz coming, I might throw it there. I might pull it and then throw it. Now, if I see that guy drop back into coverage, nobody's going to be open. So that's where you hand the ball off, but you got to run the ball in here. And look, I think Melvin Gordon has had some pretty big games against the Kansas City Chiefs, some big runs. Now, unfortunately, last year we saw a couple of big runs, and then we saw some turnovers, some fumbles by Melvin against this Chiefs football team. So you got to be able to protect the football here. And look, I, I want to see the Broncos keep building on that. I like getting Javante Williams involved a little bit more in the passing game, like you mentioned. I mean, in this last game against the Chargers, we talked about it. He had over 100 total all-purpose yards as both a rusher and a receiver. So I feel like this is going to be one of those games where the Broncos are going to find out a lot about themselves and can they be consistent, sir? That is the key. That is the theme that we've been talking about. I mean, probably week to week. Is the Broncos going to show up this week, right? Which team is it going to be? Hopefully it's a consistent Broncos. We might have a very entertaining game 
on Sunday mm-hmm. Night Football. Can't wait for our crossover episode with Chris Clark of Lockdown Chiefs on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos. You're going to get that coverage with myself, Cody Work, and Sarah Benninger. And just a reminder, Broncos country, if you love this show, if you love staying in tune with what's going on with the Denver Broncos, make sure you are subscribed if you have not already done so on your favorite audio podcasting platform, not to mention here on YouTube if you want to watch us on your TV, your computer, or your smartphone. We have you covered every single day, all year long, Lockdown Broncos. With that said, I'm Cody Work, speaking for my co-host, Sarah Benninger. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.